James. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. We're at my place with um, a chair propped on a serving tray. I, I love it. I love it, too. It feels uh, sculptural. Yeah, and you know, we were using an ottoman before, and yeah. this chair is just better because we have more space. It's also higher up. Like I think the ottoman, I always just wanted it to be just a teeny bit higher, I know, and yeah. now we have the chair. Very alert. And the chair is a star, so... This nitro has me fucked up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Shout out to Bluestone. Shout <laughs> out to Bluestone. We're trying to get them to sponsor us because we eat them every time we mm. come here. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear me, you know, through the straw. You said it's a West Side thing? It's a West Side Yeah, tree. they don't have it in Silver Lake. Ugh, I love when the West Side brings something to the table. Yeah, it's... It's, it's true. Time. Yeah, as if they didn't have everything already. <laughs> like, naturally. It was an illusion that they never did. I know. <sighs> um, so how have you been? I feel like we... We had the Chateau. We had the Chateau. Oh, so many things have happened since so the last... So much has happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I literally looked up today and I was like, uh, I cannot believe it is Sunday because Monday was such a milestone for mm-hmm. so many reasons. And <laughs> the first of which being it was your birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Um, you know, when you were there and you sang to me. Yeah, feel free to pause the recording and just uh, sing happy birthday to Gabby. If anyone wants to do that, they're welcome to. Or just like make a wish for yourself. Make a wish, yeah. In the birthday energy. You know, I was thinking, I really want... Um, I forgot to do this on my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I think I saw Lana Del Rey do it. Mm-hmm. Where she had everyone make a wish on her birthday. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing that and being like, I'm going to do it from now on. Yeah. Because I don't like... The, that nobody likes that attention moment where everyone's singing and it's like if you could disperse the energy <laughs> totally yeah that that moment is the worst yeah. yeah and it's like let's all make a wish and like meditate on it close our eyes and then I'll blow out the candle yeah. for all of us yeah opening up the portal for and what everyone. if instead of candles of your how old you are it was how many people were there <laughs> oh I hate that I don't like that because it's like a tally of your friendship. oh yeah that's kind of hard <laughs> or if everyone had a candle everyone, everyone gets held a, candle, a candle yeah lights it puts it in the cake yes and yes. then I get to blow it out because I'm like that's the also, birthday goddess you know what they do they do that on um New Christmas Eve no Christmas Eve what did she say I just said Yom Kippur for no reason <laughs> Yom Kippur um just happened it just happened, yeah. Cool, okay. So what was it for? Um, <laughs> um, birthday uh, candles, Christmas Eve, which is, you know, Jesus' birthday. Oh, okay. All the people, when I would go to church as a uh, kid, for a long time, they had everyone hold little candles. It was really cute. Okay, so that's kind of... Uh, yeah. Kind of powerful. something there. You're on to something. Ugh, I'd have to wait a whole year to do it. Uh-oh. I have to write... I have to not forget this. Well, we have the pod. Yeah. An incredible... Uh, <laughs> I just wish I did it. It's, um, a, it's a time stamp. Well, it'll be better because we will have... No, we'll have something to look forward to. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. And also, who says it has to be a birthday? You know, it could be... You could do a half birthday. A cake. Cakes are very ritualistic. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I was... Um, I feel like I've done this with you. I don't know where it began, but it's very you thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was in Hawaii, we would make cakes all the time, like box mm-hmm. cakes, and yeah. I always pick the one with two eggs so that we could do like a spell on the eggs and then put Aww. them in the cake. And yeah, we like, didn't. We have done that together. Okay, that's, it just felt like very <laughs> egg. Egg-ish. Yeah, I would kind of remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but you had we did a ritual together once where you used eggs a lot. And yeah, so you're very yeah. like in my head as the egg. Yeah, kind of eggs stuff. are one of my. Egg sommelier. I'm yeah, an egg sommelier. God, if there was this... Okay, ugh, there's just so much to say. <laughs> um, 
How are you, dear dear listener? <laughs> How are you doing? Did you hear about the water sommelier? <laughs> that just happened. That word really stresses me out. Sommelier. 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 You know, I get, I get sommelier. Well, because Som- it's a lot of words. The yeah. ending of it is like a cliffhanger. It's like, eh. Yeah, you're like, hey. I don't like R's at the end of words. I don't either. Are there any? Like, water. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Fuck, dude. <laughs> I can't live let's, in my own let's reality. Wind this back. <laughs> let's wind this back. <laughs> my reality's crumbling. Um, anyways, um, it's just Virgo season. I, you know, I'm not an astrology person, but the seasons are really definitive for yeah. me astro- astrologically because I feel like, like, just as a blanket of what we're all going through. And I was sure. like, what's happening in Virgo season is like summer ends and summer starts to get more grounded. Mm-hmm. We start the weather's changing a little bit, and then you start thinking about what you really want. Yeah, and then things happen like. This is like a album release season right now, Absolutely. beginning of September. Yeah. Met Gala. A lot of projects start rolling out. You came out with your yeah, book. A lot I, of art shows. I had such a quiet year, and all of a sudden, everything is happening in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think um, I've, <laughs> I have this one email. Um, I have a couple astrology emails, but one of them who's like found my email address is, <laughs> uh, I think it's called Cosmology RX or something cosmic rx oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. um that's the one where that was trending for a while it was trending and then they have my email um, <laughs> in this fantastical way um and so they sent me these funny Parasite. things and they're so nonchalant they're so whatever but i still like keep on the mm-hmm. list but they had a thing that was like okay virgo like this is your season like and they said for virgo risings um watch this video and it was like a spock compilation which i don't even watch spock i think that's star trek star trek Trek. and they're like it's time to engage no and i was like i hate this and but i clicked on it anyway which is so (laughs) unlike me but it was just a compilation of spock saying over and over clicking the button and saying engage engage okay that's and it was fucking powerful because i was like this is what i need to this is what i need you know when you when you work so much on like cultivating ease sometimes it can be like and then how do i Okay, you know. I had a very similar thought where I was like, okay, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like radical self-acceptance can lead you being into a space that you don't want to be in. Absolutely. And I was thinking about that recently too, where I had a very like lazy year and obviously like COVID, there's so many excuses, but at the same time, like I did look back and think, okay, well I had this, I've been doing a lot of anti-capitalist conditioning and mm-hmm. like, I'm so happy I did that. It was a time of healing, but I also really love myself when I push myself. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, there's a reason why things aren't, you know, complete. It's like, you can't be too... There's a balance. It's always yeah, balance, right? Yeah. No, it's I feel lot. that. I mean, I think, um, personally, like, when the pandemic hit and Chris and I were just making meals and I would come home from the bakery mm. and he would heat up cheese for me and just spoon feed me cheese because I was mm. depressed. Like, Love I was it. like... It was it was cool at the time and I was like, I'm just doing this and I'm just, like, <laughs> indulging. But I look back and I'm like... Was that worth it? Like, mm-hmm. you know, radical self-acceptance of that I just want to eat cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now it's like I have to really kick it into gear with, like, watching what I eat and, mm-hmm. like, being active and, like, the balance of... I think... Because I think it, radical self-acceptance is also a version of capitalism because it, like... It's a form of, like... 
you know, it always turns into consumption in some way. Like, mm-hmm. it, or it doesn't always have to, but like, look at the ways that things turn into consumption where it's like, mm-hmm. is radical self acceptance turning into like mm-hmm. you buying whatever you want on the internet at 3 a.m. because mm-hmm. you're radically self accepting? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, or like indulging a food because like the body doesn't matter, but right. then like realizing like, wait, I do feel better when I feel this way from this food and like this work. Yeah, it's yeah. not even like a, you know, it's like when I didn't, I, Back in like 2016, mm-hmm. I was like, I shouldn't eat gluten, but like, I'm just gonna do it anyway because like that's what I want to do and that's what I can do. And it's like, no, bitch, like, I was <laughs> truly suffering. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's so many degrees of it. Yeah. And it really just comes down to. I mean, again, like, I'm not saying, you know, beat yourself up all the time, but there's just a balance. Like, there really is a yeah. balance. And I think I have this experience, and I feel like you do too, and I also feel like kind of everyone does as a culture, where mm-hmm. it's like we say ourselves going fully into a direction. Like, oh, you know, the no shame movement, self-acceptance movement, you go all the way in that direction, and you're so excited. Yeah. And then maybe you go a little too far, and then you're like, okay, I'm so glad that I learned this, and I took the self-acceptance course, but now I can pick and choose and be like, okay, I actually don't accept this behavior of mine, and I, and I do, you know? Yeah. But with more ease. I guess maybe, okay... Maybe the fundamental kind of goal is self-control and autonomy. Without self-judgment. I think it's really self-judgment. Like, being able to be autonomous but not judging mm -hmm. in a cruel way, you know? Because self... You know, it's it's a weird, trippy thing where it's like, okay, you want to eat this thing... And then self-acceptance says, oh, just do it. That's still not your voice anymore. It becomes mm-hmm. the campaign of the self-acceptance campaign. Yeah. But previously, the voice that was telling you not to indulge was, like, capitalism, beauty standards, whatever. So it's, like, the whole point is just finding your own voice. Isn't yeah. It? Regardless of what that might be. Yeah. I got my eye. Sorry. <laughs> I just started <laughs> really itching my eye. She's giving us a full uh, um, eye massage moment. No eye makeup on. It's so satisfying to just get in there. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I looked up the definition of engage just because that's a word that I, I think is potent. Yes. And it's occupy, attract, or involve. And then in parentheses yes. it says someone's interest or attention. But it doesn't have to be someone. Yeah. That's what's interesting about the definition. Yeah. Really does not. And it has words in law, mechanics, fencing. Hmm. Oh, like a sword situation. It's when they, yeah. That's what you call a fencing tournament? When fencers or swordsmen bring weapons together and prepare for fighting. Oh, yeah, like they touch the swords. Military. Oh, so it's like when you're you're about to... Engage. Isn't there a band called Kill Switch Engage or something? Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Literally neither would I. Um, yeah, so... We're going. We're going all the way back to Monday. Should we go all the way back to Monday? Virgo, Virgo is about affirmative action, though. Like Virgo yeah. would be the fucking season to be like, okay, bitch, stop. <laughs> totally. I mean, Virgo. I love. I mean, obviously, we both have Virgo in our charts, but like Virgo energy is so helpful in so many ways, and I think. Wait, Virgo just saying James is Virgo rising, and then I'm Virgo's son. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's fake. I I feel like. Um, Virgos sort of get this bad rap of being, like, anal and, mm-hmm. you know, super detail-obsessed and yeah. micromanagey in, like, the worst way. Yeah. I mean... Sorry. We're on a bed. <laughs> we're, on, we're literally... You're on the bed with us. Um, but I think Virgos are such an important... I don't know. The Virgo energy is just so important because mm-hmm. it's not only it's grounding, but it's, like, 
there's movement within it's Virgos are so like the definition of like nature to me where like Mm. nature is grounded but there's still like movement within the stillness like I think a lot about Mm. how you look at a tree and it looks like it's completely not moving at all but there's so much going on Mm. like they're communicating with other trees and yeah Oh, I just, I'm used to, like, moving along. Oh, yeah, GarageBand. This oh, is GarageBand because okay. oh, okay. Logic ones. was failing me. Okay, T, yeah, I keep going. Um, let me make sure, and I'm... No, it totally is. <laughs> our, our Virgo-ness is, like... Yeah, we pitched. Cool. Like, there's a design to the whole thing. To nature. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Like, well, no, I'm just saying, like, there's a balance of movement and stillness and the organicness of... Really, now I'm sort of just trailing off, but... I'm just, happy. I'm just happy it's Virgo season. That's yeah, all. me we'll too. Just say, I can have <laughs> all say day. that. Yeah. Well, the next is Libra, which is interesting because, you know, summer's like chaos. Whatever sticks, take it. And then Virgo's like, hey, well, let's figure it out. And then Libra's like, it's time to think about the balance that we just learned. Yeah. Which is so funny because <laughs> all the Libras that I know, and for whatever reason, I only know adult Libras, mm-hmm. which I think is sort of like whatever they're more far <laughs> no along Libra babies they sh- yeah i don't know any Libra babies but i mean like true adults like mm. in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s mm-hmm. um they're all fucking crazy oh interesting they're all a little crazy they're all mm. obsessed with justice in some in some way mm. but in like a very like um systemic way where it's like oh, really politics or um putting you know plays on in the jails mm. and like or like you know, I learning about believe- chemtrails because you don't like <laughs> That's really true because the Libras I know, who are all in their 20s, yeah. are, like, not political people at all. Yeah. And I think that they're all unified by the fact that I don't understand their dating. Like, these are people who I'm, like, close... I can think of three people right now that I'm close enough with right here about their, like, boyfriends and... Yeah. Sorry, there's just a Bluestone Lane moment. <laughs> Sorry, Bluestone Lane. <laughs> I love that sound. They're I so- love it so much. <laughs> they're so clever. I can't believe they created that experience for us. How did they do that with the nitro? How did they... <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> <laughs> if they end up being our podcast person, I will die and laugh. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, is that they're not political at all. Yeah. And just the three people I know that are all very different, but unified. But like I said, it's like the way that they date to me mm. is really interesting. It feels kind of cold. Yeah. Um, but I, I also both, oh, well, I, so I know four Libras mm. and they're all, they're like, they're all like people who have dated in the past mm. and none of their like arrangements were, um, traditional in any way mm. and none, none of them are together anymore. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what that says, the but future for all Libras, um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, it's, it's just, this is a very small combined. sample size. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're, we're zeroing in too much. It's the nitro and Virgo we're season. Truly, yeah, we're using the most anecdotal. Like me, I literally like don't believe in like sun sign analysis. I know, okay. I can't even understand. Okay, we're grounding. Um, we are talking about something today. I would like to just preface this. <laughs> we had a plan. We have a plan. <laughs> we were actually. Good thing we, are, um, we have something to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, good thing we have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> say all our really important ideas into <laughs> so we can talk about Virgo being like nature into the fucking like... <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> like your 40 year old Libra friends <laughs> versus <laughs> mine 
<laughs> friends in their 20s. People whose names we just can't say. <laughs> the mystery. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joey's just asleep for some reason. I'm she's crying with my mascaraless eyes. <laughs> which is amazing. I have no more tears left to cry. Thank you, Ariana Grande. Um, um, laughter sponsored by Bluestone. <laughs> <laughs> laugh attack. Thank you. <laughs> That's really something, mm-hmm. is being able to have a laugh attack. I think that's true. Uh, Absolutely. Who needs capitalism when you have laugh attacks? Yeah, it's currency. Laughter is free. It's free, and it's, you know, it's getting more rare, I have to say. I would agree. I think I cry laughter, like, once a week, if that. I don't, yeah, I don't do that very often. <laughs> Unless I... <laughs> Unless I... Get wind of my own. Unless I'm the tears of a clown. <laughs> Tears okay, I just need to stop because my brain is memeing every sure, sure, and sure. we're just going to end up... Because um, tears of a cloud. <laughs> like, that's a crazy statement. Yeah, I mean, who isn't? <laughs> We've all had tears of a clown, you know what I mean? But isn't it like some, like... It is a thing. Chola thing. Oh, really? I just feel like that's what I think of. I think oh. of like a... Okay, I think it's... Let me look up really quick. I think it's like a Morrissey thing. Okay. I'm not sure. And then we'll just... We'll close the door after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a song. Okay, that's cool. We could just play a quick song and then we'll come back to Earth, okay? Okay. Oh, it's Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Tears of a Clown. Okay, the reason why I think it's a Chola thing is because my old boss... This is from our other sponsor, uh, Parachute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the song? I never expected. Oh my god. This song is everywhere. <laughs> this song is everywhere. <laughs> oh, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. What a voice. I know. You know, I was really thinking about people's voices because Jay-Z's verse on jail. Yeah. <sighs> on jail in Donda. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jay-Z's voice is like, like you know, I was the album Donda. Like, voices are so crazy, and I think Jay-Z's voice, it sounds like you're inside his mouth. Right. And Kanye kind of sounds like screaming in the yeah, distance. Yeah, yeah. And they're both enjoyable in a different way, but, like, Jay-Z's voice has so much dimension. And mm. then this person sounds, like, literally, like, Smokey Robinson. Like, sounds like a thin, almost like a thin layer in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's mm. voice I'm getting really... dolphin energy from him. Okay, interesting. I saw some sparkles. Yeah, absolutely. Sparkles on the shoreline. Yes. Um, I saw a fish fly yesterday. Just for a second. Like, what? It, like, jumped out of the water? Yeah. What do you mean? I, I just saw it jump out of the water. Oh, that's really, really, really cute. cute. I saw dolphins in Malibu with somebody. Hmm. And I was like, oh my god, dolphins. And they were like, yeah, they're over here. And I was like, dude. Oh my god. I didn't want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I would see dolphins with my mom, she'd be like, the angels are visiting us. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be like, hello, dolphins. They're, they're literally two... They're like, they run in pairs. Like, there's yeah. just so much to that. Yeah. <clears throat> we're sharing an ocean with them. Okay, Cheers of a Clown complete. Okay, so we were going to talk about Chateau Marmont. Chateau Marmont. Um, James and I don't drink coffee often, so just... Truly. <laughs> truly. Welcome to our sanctum. Um, yeah. Okay, so Chateau Marmont, we're just going to say first off, even if you're not, you don't know what that is, and you're like, why are they talking about this dingy hotel? It's going to be that, but it's also going to... We're going to get into why it's so strange and interesting how... Things prevail by the stories that are told by them, and that you could literally be this like old apartment building, essentially full of secrets that uh, keeps you alive, which is the yeah. Chateau Marmont. So yeah. kind of, you know, it, we go deeper than just talking about the history of the Chateau. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a symbol. 
Yeah. As always. Um, so, alright, so I guess it would be fun to start with, like, when did you first hear about the Chateau Marmont? Like, what was your... Yeah. I honestly don't remember the first time I heard about it, because it's mm. just felt like such a staple in L.A., like, the landmarks of L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, I never really understood where it was. Like, when mm-hmm. I was driving over, I truly did not expect it to be just right there. I thought it was sort of up in the hills a little bit, but it's totally. it's right off uh, Sunset Boulevard, you guys, and at the edge of West Hollywood before you get into Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And, um, like the prime Sunset Strip, where there's just yeah. so many billboards. Yeah. yeah, it's very walkable to all of, like, the sort of touristy vibes, and I, tr- I, I thought it was up, 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 mm-hmm. you know? Um, but my mom actually, I was talking to my parents about it, and my mom mm. said that she took my great grandmother there for like an interview hmm. years and years ago. And oh, like your great grandmother was being interviewed, was by being somebody. interviewed yeah, yeah. about <laughs> some <job> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she wanted to work there, but <laughs> she was too old. Um, no, it was, a, it was about like some old Hollywood movie star, mm. and he was like, the, the, documentary interviewer said my great-grandmother like was he ever violent was Mm. he ever drunk and she was like he was a perfect gentleman like Mm. and said all this bullshit and then my great-grandmother got in the car and was like he would flip tables over he would hold his his wife to like the floor and my mom was like why didn't you say that and my great-grandmother was like that's not what he wanted to hear which think about that era in life like yeah that was like 80s that also matches up with like the The chateau chateau issues now Yeah. yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah, it was um, just the time. some, but Buc- mm-hmm. I always want to say Bakari, but uh, Bogart, Humphrey mm-hmm. Bogart, they were talking about. Yeah, it's almost it's like a big it reveal now a... on our little podcast. <laughs> hey guys, cancel Humphrey Bogart for us. <laughs> yeah. Take to Twitter. and um... But yeah, so anyway, it's been around in my mm-hmm. mind for a long time. But when we saw, when you saw mm-hmm. Somewhere, mm-hmm. Um, the Sofia Coppola film, mm-hmm. um, which Chris, was during the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris and I watched it at mm-hmm. your suggestion, and that, mm-hmm. like, ignited it again for mm-hmm. me. So this has sort of felt like a year's, <laughs> a years-long um, circle that has mm-hmm. finally been closed with your birthday. Yeah, Somewhere is, I really recommend that movie to anyone. Sofia Coppola, who also did Lost in Translation, and Marie Antoinette, Virgin Suicides. And we've talked about her before. We actually yeah. talked about watching Somewhere, I think, like, yeah. many episodes we love about. We love her. Yeah. Love her, yeah. Um, and that was in 2010, and what's so amazing about that mm. is that the only visible door or, like, uh, suite in that movie is where we stayed. Which is wild. Number 58. Unreal. Which is so wild. I didn't yeah. choose that at all. I didn't ask for anything. Yeah. I put that it was my birthday yeah. in the comments, which they did honor. I really want to share something that I've been trying to tell everyone, which is never book a hotel through a third party. Yeah, this is tea, you guys. This is big tea. This yeah. is, like close to the like I was studying this yeah. <laughs> um is it like third party like hotels.com Expedia all these places that are like the first thing that comes up when you like search yeah is that it's a total fucking scam because what they do is hotels.com Expedia whatever is they'll give you the same prices as the hotel itself that you could get on their website mm-hmm. except you get a worse room that's been roped off for their business but they market it like they obviously buy ads to be, like, the number one result before the hotel itself. Yeah. Um, they have this whole search engine. They act like you're saving money, but you're not. And I'm sure in some cases maybe you are. But my experience, and I had this because I stayed in the same hotel twice, one time booking through Hotels.com and having a terrible experience. Like, they yeah. put me basically on the base level on a noisy street where there was, like, a bar across the street. I couldn't sleep all night. 
the windows very few windows very few corner windows and then when i like asked for some adjustments they're like sorry we can't do anything because this was through a third party and i just Mm -hmm. had to live with that yeah and then i was looking at my history and i was like i always book through um the hotel itself when it's somewhere like nice because i want to have the experience of like their website and everything (laughs) you know (laughs) more wonderful sounds um and then I realized that and then I, the second time I booked the hotel, I was, like, the same place. This was, like, earlier this year for some weird reason. And I booked it again. Mm-hmm. And I booked it through the hotel themselves. It was the same exact price. And I was on the 10th floor. Mm-hmm. View of, like, the entire park across the street. View of the pool. Huge windows. Better quality everything. Super soundproof. And I was like, this is really interesting. Yeah. And then I look back on my history of hotels, which for the past two years I've finally been able to, like, indulge hotels. And every time that I booked through a website of somebody directly, I was always very, like, I was like, was I really nice to the concierge? Like, why did they give me such a nice room? Yeah. And I had that in Hawaii once when I, like, treated my mother. I had that at the Petit Mirage for my birthday last year and mm. the Chateau this time where I was just like, did they just, like, someone was in a good mood and just gave me a great room? Yeah. Compared to the times I did third party. And it's like, no. What happens is that these third party apps are scams. Yeah. They act like you're getting a better deal you book with them but they have a few of the like least desired rooms roped off which is like base levels you know darker corners stuff that used to be in the past cheaper when they were being honest and then you just get this room and then you can't change anything about it and i think the worst fact about that is that someone like me being like it's my birthday and putting that in the comments because when you book through chateau they'll be like oh is this for an anniversary is there anything you want us to know and i'll put it's my birthday you there is absolutely zero chance that you will get like a sweet concierge on the other end that says oh my god like it's this girl's birthday. Why don't I just put her in this room because I know that's a nice one. If that can't happen. Party, yeah, if a third, third party, party, you can't yeah. do that because it's just impossible. Yeah. So ah, it just makes me livid because it's taking good experiences away from people for the same Absolutely. price. And I'll speak to that from even uh. um, as a hostess when someone calls and makes the reservation through Open Table or res- mm-hmm. or Resi or whatever. It's so anonymous feeling, and unless we have mm-hmm. notes on a guest from prior visits. I feel like, oh, I'll just put them anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. Like, they just have to deal with what they can get because we're really busy and, like, whatever. But if someone calls and they're like, hey, like, I'm hoping for a nice table or hey, mm-hmm. like, it's a birthday, there's a, a spoken contract of, like, I've I've received your request mm-hmm. and I feel more indebted because I know that they know that I talk to mm-hmm. them. So it really is, it does really make a difference even with dinner reservations if you care about a table or if you know that the restaurant might have mm-hmm. some, like, good ones and bad spots. Um yeah, just just call and speak to someone. Like, don't be a bot. Mm-hmm. And it does pay don't off. Don't be a bot. Hotels.com's a fucking bot. Yeah. And I told my mom this, and she was like, yeah, that's true also for flights. She was like, one time I had an issue, but I had booked through Expedia, and it was so hard to get through. I had to yeah. call Expedia and then them. Yeah. And so if you have an issue, that's another thing, too. If something's yeah. wrong with your room, whatever, it's like, good luck. You know, totally. they have this barrier that they can push. And I really just, it's so different, you know? And like... I don't know. I just I'm so I just hate that. Like I hate that like yeah. someone's out there like it's it's very scamming. like tra- um like parasitic. Totally. Yeah. And especially as someone who like like both of us, it's like we're kind of able to kind of experience these like fun cool things for the first time. Yeah. And it's like they should be potent. These things are expensive. They should be like yeah. It should be the whole experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, never book through third party. Yeah. Don't do it's it. It's gonna be the same price. You'll get something better. Don't do it. Get yeah. A even relationship. when I went to Chicago, um, as we all the pods pod potters will know, mm-hmm. um, I I booked through some stupid thirty party thing, and I ended up paying the exact same price because there mm-hmm. I had to add luggage. I had to like change my flights, so and then I had to pay to change mm-hmm. the flight. 
it was the same thing, maybe same even more. Thing. I wanted to pick a seat because, like, the return flight, it just was like, I cannot, I can't deal with being in the middle because it was such an early flight, mm-hmm. too. That was money. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it really does pay to just, at the very outset, totally, you know, incur the cost. And on top of that, you message a hotel once, they email you back your information, mm-hmm. they email you your receipt, and it's over. You go through a third party, it's like, welcome to three messages a day. Like Yeah, and then you're on their, like, list. And yeah, getting, forever, yeah. and you're getting these, like, ugly emails. Yeah. God, it's such a... Free- I can't believe... I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's something about... That's an illusion. That's that's a quality illusion yeah. pod break. and we're done. And we're done for the day. <laughs> this is a great episode already. Incredible um, episode. Yeah, don't, don't fuck yourself with these <laughs> third-party scammers. Um, yeah wild but yeah so we got to stay in 58 which i didn't even know that i mean that's to me it's like is it a coincidence there's there's 60 rooms there like yeah coincidence um but also subliminal manifestation in the sense that like that's one of those things that's like snuck into a movie and stays in your subconscious and says let's get 58 somehow 58 but yeah Uh, yeah. we got and it looked like the same i saw in the movie and i thought that because i watched it again just Mm -hmm. to be like oh what do i recognize how do i feel i recognize my whole room Um, yeah yeah (laughs) so good but yeah it was a beautiful beautiful hotel it was the first time that I'd ever been there um Mm -hmm. and I feel like it lived up to the hype of just being at like an LA classic Mm -hmm. and having I think what was what was so standout is that like LA always is remaking itself Mm -hmm. like there's always a new building hotels are always renovating and having a place that just feels like frozen in time but not Mm -hmm. but then but well maintained at the same Mm -hmm. time was so just refreshing no totally yeah yeah one of the few places that has the appeal that like a lot of like european cities have where it's like it aged well like we built this you know yeah there's history it was the first earthquake proof building Mm. I read which is also why what's so interesting about the hotel rooms is that they're apartments (laughs) right I had a dining room I had a living room I had a kitchen so cute too everything was like and that's why people live there and I was thinking okay so it started as an apartment building and then someone bought it and made it into a hotel Mm. and I was like I don't know if this was part of the thought process but like how smart because it's almost like a trap for like lost wealthy people <laughs> because it's like they can end up living there yeah and then just you have one person kind of like paying every night sure. but it's like you know like I can see why like Lindsay Lohan lived there for a while yeah and it's like I can see why someone who's kind of like deranged and full of excess will just like lazily stay there yeah and then yeah. that's a money maker <laughs> yeah I wonder if they work out an agreement or if she's just paying $700 a night she or owed whatever them 40k it wow there was like that was something I read about her it was like <clears throat> And then someone else died owing... Jim Belushi died there. He died there. But someone else... Oh, Marvin Gaye <laughs> died owing them, like, 15000 or something. Wow. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. Which, that means he stayed, like, over a week. Wow. Two weeks. <clears throat> when we were at the party, you guys, the scroll, the scroll showed up who... Um, I, I know from, like... LA but I don't know her and she was like you guys I was in the elevator with Jim Belushi's ghost <laughs> and I'm so into like people's manifestations of ghosts mm-hmm. and so um, I said like oh my god like what did that look like and she was like oh well I, I got in the elevator and there was like ghost energy but it was funny and I was oh, like oh okay so you just felt okay, it. Okay but here's some I was reading about which doesn't haunted. undercut it but you know what I mean like no it's a felt it's, it's, presence yeah, yeah it's very different from like literally the ghost of Jim Belushi is so iconic head. okay so I was reading about the history and like the hauntings and someone said <clears throat> so John Belushi so you guys know comedian died yeah. of an overdose 
the last people to see him alive were Robin Williams and Robert De Niro, who were hanging out with him oh, that night. God. He died in Bungalow 3, which I is know, right by the I bamboo. Know. Yeah. Um, and speedball, injecting a speedball. I was looking at this um, haunted website. It was like haunted hotels. And someone said that they were staying in room 3. One couple said that their son stayed awake all night talking to someone he called the funny man. <laughs> that chills. Years later, the boy saw a picture of Belushi and said that he was the funny man who he was talking to. Oh my God, chills. So many chills. That's I mean, so if I wild. died at Chateau, I, I think I would stay there. How entertaining. Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. to different people. Yeah. Um, and then the other haunting was that apparently room 79 is famously haunted. Like, it was on multiple websites for, like, haunted mm-hmm. hotel travelers. Oh, my God. And it said, like, peop- um, it says the hotel staff will tell you to avoid room 79. It's said to be the most haunted room of them all. Ghostly sightings and activities of moving furniture, visions of ghosts knocking on the door, even a floating head outside the window have been reported. Oh, my God. I had a moment where I was there and I was alone the first night because that's, like, my thing. And I regretted yeah. it because... I started being like, wait, I forgot. This is an old place. Yeah. This apartment is huge. Yeah. And then there was, like, creaking noises coming from, like, the bar oh, thing. Yeah. And I didn't sleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't sleep all night. Wow. Wow. I just, it just shifted. It, like, I stayed up all night. It started hitting 3 a.m. And I just, like, couldn't. 3 a.m. is yeah. the time, yeah. And I was like, okay, this is not where we do the alone. <laughs> also, that's the, uh, the third floor is where we went to try to get up to the roof. Mm. Because, do you know the whole thing that happened? I didn't, but the guy told me in the morning. Okay, (laughs) so basically, I'll I'll detail it for you. (laughs) We, um, Gabby and a couple other people went to the to the roof. There was like discover that there was roof access, and it was sort of like that. Well, so there was it was sort of a chaotic thing in in the party where it's like we're going to the roof, we're going to the roof, and and so I had to leash up Joey, and so um, (laughs) a couple people stayed with me, Mm -hmm. and they were like, we'll find the roof together. Um, and so we went up to the third floor, which truly did feel like spooky for some mm. reason. Like the third floor felt Three. spooky, and that's where I'm sure room 79 is because if the, the like 58 was on the second floor, like it makes sense that room 79 mm. would be on the third floor. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm I don't know. It just yeah find out so so anyway we went up there and we were like wait how did they get up to the roof we cannot find it but we had it in our minds that that you guys were on the roof and so it truly was like us operating with like misinformation and then zoe uh i mean friend of the (laughs) just breaks down um then our friend like pushed the emergency exit and and this like very old very like ghostly uh alarm started going off and there was nothing we could do we could do about it yeah he told and me that in the morning and I, up. that's so funny that it was our group because i didn't think it was us in the morning yeah. i was like oh was everything okay like whatever and he was like yeah it was great he was like one person set the alarm off and i was like in my head i was like that was enough but i'm not gonna like argue yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Was. it was <laughs> and then we called you and you guys were like we're at the pool and we we're like we we were sure that there was roof access. Like we thought that there's Yeah, there's a sign that says roof access. So yeah. It's kinda of their <laughs> so funny. Literally there's like signs everywhere that were like roof access, roof access and I was like, it's done. I wonder if that's pool just straight. A f- fire thing that they have. like that's Left so strange. Over. Yeah. Vintage. So the roof used to be available Vintage. because uh-huh. Jim Morrison. <laughs> oh no. Um went on the roof. So he used to okay, Jim Morrison who stayed at the Marmon in nineteen seventy a year before his death, in addition to the booze and drugs, he had a habit of swinging between windows and balconies using tree limbs and drain pipes. He tried to do it here from the roof and fell two stories. 
<laughs> boy, oh boy. The beginning of his uh, wind down. Can you imagine having a friend that's like, oh yeah, he just does that and this dude's outside <laughs> like swinging around tree branches. <laughs> it's funny because it's like, that is a thing, but I feel like it's now high school. It's like, so he, high school. He died at 27, so he was like 26 doing mm-hmm. that. Like my first boyfriend was like that, like everywhere you went, it'd right. be like, how can we cause danger? Right, right, right. Yeah, it's very high school. Um, Maybe people are just maturing slowly. <laughs> this is funny and chaotic. Led Zeppelin. I'm going to show this one. Uh Um, During their visit in 1968, the band's loud partying constant flow of girls, they stole a food cart to transport nude girls from one room to another. LOL. And repeated calls to room service for more alcohol got them moved into a bungalow. So that's the other thing, too, is the bungalows are for the parties. Yeah. Which is good to know. Yeah. But their stay was relatively tame, writes Levy. In the early 60s, the actor and singer... Richard Harris was banned forever when he returned to the hotel drunk and went around banging on guest <gasps> doors yelling that a nuclear bomb had oh, dropped. Oh, dear God. Oh, my God. And the next that's morning, so his dark. belongings were on the curb. That's so dark. Also, out of all things you do when you're drunk, that's it? No, I know. Especially during that time. That was, like, the time. You just really needed attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can get... Hunter Biden is banned from the Chateau. What? Yeah, that was... Why? I actually forgot to text you guys that. Why? What happened? Drug use. Excessive drug use. Yeah. Maybe he left a bunch of stuff. Um, And I want to say, which also speaks to the vibe of that place, was one girl was banned because she ate there and saw a very famous model being sloppy drunk Mm. and tweeted about it and said, oh, I saw this model at the Chateau being sloppy drunk and they banned her for a year. They're like, we don't do that here. Which I think is fair. What the hell was she doing? It is fair. It is fair. It's so... I hate, like, gossip currency. Absolutely. It's, It's so disrespectful. Like, let her... We don't know which was happening. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? Um, yeah, there's the death. I guess that's really... It. And then it goes all the way back to, like, Desi. You know, like, Desi and Lucy, Lucy oh my God, Ball. Yeah. yeah, they have a whole tale there where whenever they'd fight, mm-hmm. Desi would go to the chateau to escape her. Wow. <laughs> I heard this whole podcast on him, and I had no idea that Desi had basically just, like, invented reruns. Really? Yeah. What does that mean? Like reruns of shows, yeah, like reruns playing. of shows. Like interesting because other like previously it was just live recording and that was it. But wow. they went into syndication when Lucille Ball got pregnant with their kid, wow. and he was like, "No, we'll do reruns and we'll mm. make money off of the syndication." And also, Desi invented Palm Springs because mm. um, because he was sort of ousted after I Love Lucy went down mm. because you know Ellie is so white and everyone's like, "Okay, you don't have a show anymore. You're done here," mm. and. Um, and so he went to Palm Springs and made it what it is. Mm. Uh, but he also cheated. They cheated. He cheated on her so much, mm. Lucille Ball. And they ended up having, like, a very cordial relationship years later. And mm. she always stood by him. She always said, like, he built everything. He built mm. everything. Like, I was there supporting him. I was there, like, mm. to be Lucy. Mm. But he did every part of the business. So he, like, invented James so much. I just, like, really moves me when people, like, stand by, you know. Those own things. Well, yeah, because yeah, she had the... Ability to say, okay, maybe he wasn't the best romantic partner, partner but yeah. I'm not going to let that overshadow everything. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> it's very wise. It speaks to her strength, too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So, yeah, that's, that's really cool about the chateau. Um. Betty Davis almost burned down the hotel twice. One time she fell asleep. Oh, my watching God. Watching one of her own old movies oh with a cigarette God. in her hand, and she lit the whole room on fire. Iconic. Betty And Davis. then she did it again in a different way, which was more of like a... 
I forgot what it said, but it wasn't as interesting as that. But it, she, yeah. like, set off the alarm again and, like, started a small fire in the kitchen. And then yeah. she never returned because she wow. felt like she had so bad embarrassed. I do feel like there's something about the chateau <laughs> that has, like, a vortex of chaotic starlit energy. Mm-hmm. You know? Totally. Like, that's so specific. Mm-hmm. And, like, so many people have their slip-up moments there. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it's, um... Like, what is that? Like, is it just... it? It's partially the legendariness that makes people like bring that mm-hmm. se- that side of themselves out but even before like the fact that Betty Davis was doing that Desi was doing that mm-hmm. like that was before we had social media and like a big news circuit that was always reporting on things mm-hmm. so like it was still generating this energy of yeah. chaos I mean I think it's like especially now I'm not I can't speak to back then but I'm sure there was this vibe too it's like nowadays there's so many like rules on how to have an experience like in a space yeah and even being at the chateau and the same thing is with petit hermitage and i think it's because both places are like mimicking like european sentiment yeah of like rule breaking and being very like family about things yeah. where it's like literally anything can happen depending on who you are and not yeah. who you are as in like if you're famous or not although obviously that has a role but it's like if you're really polite and kind it's like anything can happen kind of mm-hmm. vibe you know mm-hmm. and i felt that way with the chateau too where it's like you know, you can't have a party in a hotel room, technically, if you Google it. Yeah. It's kind of against the rules. It's a fire hazard, things like that. But the Chateau or, like, the Petit is, like, the kind of place where it's, like, it's not on their website that says, like, have a party or, like, yeah. you're allowed to have a party. But, like, if you're there and the moment's right and the hotel's not that full. Yeah. <laughs> and you talk to somebody, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And so for me, I didn't know that, right? And we went into the hotel and I was ready to just have a really intimate time with just, like, one or two friends and then I just caught wind of the fact that it was fairly empty and everything was, so was word empty. of mouth. Like, it's everything so was so... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could tell. I was like, everything's kind of just, like, you ask and it's almost like a social space even with the staff. Mm-hmm. And so when I asked, the guy was seemed surprised that I asked. Yeah. And then said, how many people do you think? And I was like, maybe six to ten. And he said, okay, I trust you. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then I just had people coming in. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, that kind of... Like, I don't know if what I'm saying is, like, resonating in the sense that, like, we live in such a time where you go online, you look at the menu, you look at what you're allowed to do, you look at the price, you look at reviews. Yeah. And then you go with this system. And then there's a few places that are, like, okay, yeah, that system's online and everything, but, like, this is a space where we, like, the culture here is about kind of escaping that system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interpersonal. Well, it's also, I will say that that's also, both spaces that you're talking about are, like, elite institutions. Where people who walk in see rules and they're like, okay, but how do these rules really apply to me? Because that's how people, like, in those circles run. Mm-hmm. And so well, the fact that you asked and he, like, seemed surprised. Like, I was there when you asked and he mm-hmm. was a little bit like, you know. You're like, she's really asking me if yeah. she can do something? Yeah. And so I think it's sort of like, yeah, like, I don't know. You don't, if you're in a certain echelon. Mm-hmm you don't really even think about the rules like Mm -hmm. because you grew up in in an environment where everything catered to you Mm -hmm. and I think that that's like not something that you and I are used to because you and I are like you know we grew up just trying to make it work Mm -hmm. in the systems that we were surrounded by the scarcity of like you know like for so long I was afraid to even ask landlords for things right like you don't ask for stuff from anyone (laughs) yeah exactly I had a friend send me flowers and they were like I had never had flowers sent to a hotel and I had to ask one of my, like, fancy friends. And they said, you just go to the concierge, and the concierge is supposed to be able to give you anything you want. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that either. Yeah. And when I was watching Somewhere, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. I really started to notice those things of that, how he kind of just, like, 
like he called and was like can you pack up all my stuff for me like i'm leaving the chateau or whatever yeah and it's like apparently that's what a hotel is for <laughs> yeah especially those like more expensive like yeah hotels yeah and like you know it's interesting yeah <laughs> it is very like especially places like that where they can do anything Mm -hmm. it feels very like mommy vibes where it's Mm -hmm. like can you back on my stuff yeah totally (laughs) can you bring me scissors i had to call to get scissors and Mm -hmm. it felt very like oh hey i know i was like can we even do that can we even get scissors and they're always so willing and they're like yeah we have all this it's weird but i will say too it's like there is kind of that like elitist vibe but then there's also that like sense of like a really refreshing like, that's kind of how life actually is, like, whether mm. you're in a hotel or not. Mm-hmm. It's, like, based on your mood, based on whatever, it's, like, that's how things happen. Like, I could even say, like, when I was yeah. working retail, it's, like, at the art store, it's, like, I had special relationships with certain people. And it's, yeah. like, for example, there was this homeless guy that would come in, and I would always just, like, I wouldn't ring up his stuff. I would just give it to him, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. someone else wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Because that's not the rules, yeah. right? But there's something so beautiful when you get to have these moments of, like just like interpersonal recognition right right <laughs> you know beyond just like the elitist space but just like anywhere of yeah. just being like this is the rule of how things go you go to a store and you buy things and it's like if i was a family store yeah back in the day and the like you know local like homeless performer would come in it would probably be okay with my family to be like oh yeah he just gets the stuff it's fine it's yeah. not a loss right and then in a in a in a corporation it's like i don't care what it is like that's yeah it's stealing and it's like yeah no, there's people are different. Some people need things. Some people should be getting free stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like that sentiment rings true, like across you know, the board. But it is a fantasy. It is elitist fantasy. Yeah. When in that context, in chateau context. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. With that being said, <laughs> we love it. No. <laughs> well, it was a really beautiful. I just love spaces that are like crafted to be a certain way and really mm-hmm. achieve that and mm-hmm. it did feel especially when we were there it was so empty and one of my friends that we were with said like it feels like we are haunting the place very true because very it true. felt it felt a little bit post-apocalyptic with no one around and these mm-hmm. like beautiful things sort of just adorned for for a limited group of people and um and that's a really special thing that you don't get, especially in Los Angeles, because everything is so populated mm-hmm. and so crowded. Um, but yeah, it was so, so, like, everything is so perfect. Like, all the details, every detail. Mm-hmm. We were talking about all the details in your room, you know, like... Yeah. The lighting is great. The... Even, like, the reflective uh, countertop in the vanity, mm-hmm. which is very, like, druggy party vibes. Yeah. But it's still, like, they thought that out, you know? Yeah, no, they keep it... That's how I feel about also, like, the Petit Hermitage, too. Or, like, any good hotel or restaurant. It's, like, yeah. they stick to a theme. Like, they're, like, you're here for an experience. And it, like, transcends a bit. Yeah. That's what was so specific about the Chateau is because it's, like, the Petit is, is a more overt theme where it's a French, like, circus mm-hmm. vibe. And, like, the Chateau, there's nothing you can really nail down. The European, I think, is the closest thing you can say. Mm-hmm. But they, whatever they did, like, they just did it so well but it doesn't feel overt like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. in your face it's just kind of like oh this is my little like mm-hmm. my little chateau like there's just no 
And I was thinking it didn't feel tacky and themed, mm-hmm. but it could totally go in that direction if the stories don't prevail. Yeah. And I was thinking that when I was there, I was like, this is really beautiful. And I'm sort of connected to it because I grew up hearing about this place from my favorite musicians. It feels important. Um, but without all that, it's a hotel off of the Sunset Strip, which is the most commercial, tacky yeah. tourist trap ever. And it could be seem, seen as a themed 20s place. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But what makes it not that is the storytelling, which yeah. might not even last. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's sort of... I mean, I'm trying to think, because I didn't even have a lot of the stories that you mm-hmm. had, but I still walked into it with, like, a sense of reverence and wonder. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of becomes ingrained in you, like, when you grow up in a certain a place and you're there for a long time. But... But um, I don't know how it's going to last with this generation because I think a lot of people in millennial, but also like Gen Z specifically, is like looking for like the, the like spectacle, you know, mm-hmm. which the chateau is not. And so mm-hmm. I wonder how it will will fare with like mm-hmm. future generations, or if it's just going to become like an old person's place. I hope not. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, sponsor a chateau will make it, <laughs> but we'll keep the story going. Yeah, <laughs> but like I know like there are people that just hang out you know wealthy like trust fund kids that just hang out there because their parents did and they just chain smoke and yeah it's just all been night passed long. down yeah yeah it's very true um but while i was there it also made me think of the met gala in the sense that like what was so wild about the met gala this year was like all the influencers that were there including right. like emma chamberlain who's like literally a youtuber not even a fashion youtuber you know what i mean mm-hmm. like she does like thrift hauls and everything but she really is just the definition of like a personality youtuber yeah she's like she's just this like girl who runs around isn't really like breaking any major cultural things she might have started kind of the cultural movement of being like here's my acne you know what i mean like i feel like she's one of those people you mm-hmm. know which is good she's one of those people who are like here i am like messy and so she kind of started that but in terms of like met gala adjacent like she's not like you know like kim didn't get invited until she became like a sure. notable fashion sure. contributor yeah um and so she was there and then also a number of other influencers that were much smaller that are even people who I feel like are in our level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, was, you know, but, um, really random. And I was thinking, and of course there's a lot of opinions on that. You know, of course, initially I was like, whoa, like everyone was hating on influencers, but now they're getting this kind of dignified title. Yeah. And then I was like, why would the Met Gala do this? And I was at the Chateau thinking about this and I was like, well, who are the storytellers now? Right. You know, who's going to tell the story that the Met Gala is significant and amazing and you should care? And who's going to tell the story that the Chateau is amazing and, you know, has history and you should care? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even for me, like, I didn't really pay attention to the Met Gala, but Sophia Rowe, who's um, a chef and, like, an Instagram person, and she's she has, like, a show on Vice and stuff like that, but, like, she was invited. And because of that, I sort of was like, oh, wait, I forgot about this event. Like, mm-hmm. I should really look into it and see how she's doing there Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and it's sort of once again like a democratization Mm -hmm. or like the simulation of the democratization of something like the Met Gala Mm -hmm. where it feels like within reach once again like Mm -hmm. another milestone is within reach um and I (laughs) yeah it's it and then more people have because it is within reach it more people have the ability to like hate on it it almost feels like Mm -hmm. because if something like you know the Oscars you only get invited if you're within the Mm -hmm. guild or whatever or you're nominated and 
so you can't really hate on someone for going to the Oscars. Like, people do mm-hmm. try to take the Oscars down, but it's never going to fully go down. Yeah, because it's specific to its industry, and it's like yeah. there's work backing up every single person. Yeah, but yeah. it's like... So it does. It feels exclusive, but because the Met Gala is now like you know your friendly neighborhood influencer can mm-hmm. be invited, it mm-hmm. feels like everyone can sort of have an opinion. That's a good point. You know? You're not going to hate on the Oscars if you're okay. Wait, did you send this to me? This is tea because I don't know if you sent this to me. Someone sent this to me. God, I wish I could remember. Okay, but there was this thing about how jealousy, like they were like studying jealousy, mm-hmm. and it it's most potent. It's very. It's always about competitive for resources yeah so for example like i won't feel jealous for someone at the oscars because i'm not in the film industry so for me i just don't care i'm like oh that's not part of my thing yeah but and same with the met gala for a while it was like oh well i'm not a a fashion new i'm not like kim kardashian like that doesn't matter yeah and then when people start seeing like emma chamberlain or people who are just kind of these normal peers then the jealousy rises and the hate rises because it's kind of part of your self-comparison and it's it's an accessible comparison yeah you know it's like i'm not jealous of elon musk but if i was like some kind of person in that industry maybe i would be you know yeah yeah exactly exactly so look at your jealousy i mean it's like i think jealousy is a really interesting uh way to see what you want and what you're thinking yeah absolutely um yeah that made it accessible that's Mm -hmm. very true i didn't even think about that Mm -hmm. that's like because I just feel like the discourse around Met Gala has been is so heightened this year in a way mm-hmm. that previously it was just like okay those people do that thing and mm-hmm. like we all can like comment on an outfit. Mimi was very Mimi, very Mimi, mm-hmm. and just like you know Lady Gaga showed up and did her little performance and like <laughs> I don't know now it's just everyone's like AOC went and like she shouldn't have yeah. gone and like my favorite all those activist people. influencer went. I saw that pretty big on someone's page. Um, who went and it was just like such a such an activist person yeah uh, and went and got a lot of criticism and then said like this is the last one I'm going to and everyone was like hating and also there was a protest outside of the Met Gala just protesting it in general yeah. and being like you know 35k for a seat at the table with the Met Gala people when you could be helping someone eat you know kind yeah, of vibes. yeah and that person got arrested that is wild <laughs> and they was like yeah there was like three different people that i actually was already following mm-hmm. who posted that and like kind of had to deal with this kind of strange almost cleanup job like dissonance of being actions. like i literally am on the side of the protester yeah. yet physically put myself on the other side yeah and you wonder I don't know you want it's just kind of a terrible place to be (laughs) totally I mean and this is the thing is like I don't know if you know not to like be a feminist but like I don't know (laughs) but like I don't know of any men that had to deal with that criticism this year facts okay like good job I'm just gonna say it James is hitting it with the Met Gallery (laughs) no you're fucking right goes to the lake once no No, that's okay that's another oh my god that's so facts seriously yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely it's just every person that I've heard about it's been like an a female activist it's been aoc it's it's like i can't and mm-hmm. every man gets to like wear a suit and like disappear into and the do shadows the whole thing. yeah and probably yeah. has more money than any of the women do <laughs> oh has more money like flat uh, out 100%. well that's the thing that's why i am so anti a lot of cancel culture stuff because the pattern is literally and it makes sense because first women are always held to a higher standard yeah. and two women are fucking i hate to say it but they're always ready to like 
get gossip currency. Yeah. And I can't stand that. Yeah. I can't stand it in my interpersonal well, relationships I don't and know. I can't stand it online. And it, I don't know where that came from, but it feels like something that we like evolved with. Yeah. A stronger thing of like, maybe we had to like evolve and be like this person, you know, when we're gathering the berries, like doesn't gather as many. And then we all had to like shame them well, out of the tribe. Okay. In my <laughs> psychology class, this is something I'll never forget. My uh. community college psychology class. Uh. He used to always be like, and he was so funny. He was, my teacher was this like, he was very open about how he was an ex-heroin addict, and, like, he was very, like, they stoic about everything. Yeah, he no. was always like, yeah, I was an ex-heroin addict, I'm good. He was like, my friend smokes weed every day, and he's fine. And he, would just, he was just, like, this kind of person who, like, <laughs> would just say stuff that he wanted to just make us feel that, like, life was, like, not black and white. Right, Like, he was like, right. I was a heroin addict, look, I'm good, I got a kid now. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He was very into that story. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I did, too. That, I yeah. really liked him. I really liked him. One of my favorite classes. Um, but something he said that he was so into was... Um, Gossip is a survival tactic, Mm -hmm. especially for... He didn't say especially for women at all. This is my own thought with what you're saying. But he said it was a survival tactic because it's how you build teams. Yeah. And that gossiping is, like, if you gossip a lot with someone, you will become closer. And it's, like, you can even see that in, like, workplace politics. It's, like, you get your friend, you guys have the same enemy. That brings you closer. Um, Being in just a certain allegiance and everything. But I'm thinking with women, it's, like... It's probably more so that because men in the history and even like now they kind of like team build with activities. Oh yeah. You know, with yeah. like shared activities. And that's true. I mean that's not even like it's also just tragic because like men historically have just had more actual currency and so mm-hmm. women have to like go about their lives like arguing with power and with words and mm-hmm. with gossip and scarcity. It is yeah. a woman place of scarcity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, absolutely, it's it's truly tragic because, like, men have actual things, you know, historically men have had actual things to talk about and women have given, have been given no role mm-hmm. and nothing of substance to, to live with. And mm-hmm. so they are left with talking about, like, what this person wore, mm-hmm. how often this person, like, comes to, the, to tea or whatever, mm-hmm. like, it's because there's just there wasn't an opportunity to discuss anything else. Absolutely. And I feel like it, it comes back to that every time where it's like, you know, jump, like, dogpiling on someone. Oh, yeah. And I see it all the time. I see it with myself. I see it with other women online. Mm-hmm. It's like, because the, there's cancel culture, which I think is fantastic, you know, that works, you know, like, me too. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that where a bunch of people help someone's voice be heard. But there's another, <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> And I, I saw you cracking up at my way I said that. Um, but then there's stuff that just feels a little bit like gossip currency brain. And it's yeah. a bunch of women piling onto something. And it's a bit sickening. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't respect anyone that does that. It's like, yeah. check yourself. Yeah. Do you want to live in this world like that? And also, ugh. And also, like, who is it really helping? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, I don't know, like, if someone like AOC goes to the Met Gala Mm -hmm. and wears her little dress and prances around and then like it's it's not harming anyone but then taking aim at her directly harms people who look up to her and it harms her cause because now she's wasting time defending herself and she's which is another thing which is another thing where it's like you know, I don't really know how much I agree with the fact that then she just fucking defended herself rather than just 
owning, owning it. it. Yeah. Okay, wait, I have to peep. I really want to talk about the owning yeah. thing that you brought up. <laughs> okay, so James brought this up before we were recording. It was, it was like some article you read about owning. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's a opinion piece in the New York Times, and they specifically talk about AOC, but in general, but it's by Maureen Dowd, and it's just talks about like what happened to the idea of quote owning it, and mm-hmm. that really struck a chord with both of us mm-hmm. um, because it really positions it repositions the idea of like not apologizing and like oh. not like taking accountability. That it's was just Joey like, snoring. Yeah, he <laughs> just <Noah>. but. <laughs> You know, it's a different thing. It's like, I guess it's um, it's a reframing mm-hmm. of something. I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. And I felt yeah. that way recently where I was like, I just feel like so many apologies are unwarranted mm-hmm. and could literally just be solved with just being like, hey guys, I know that I said that in 2012, but like South Park and Family Guy were telling us what being funny meant. Yeah. And I learned that that's not funny anymore. Not like, I'm sorry. I swear. I'm not like, yeah, it's so fake to me. And, like, owning it... Well, because it comes from, like, a panic response. Very true. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. So they use AOC as, like, an example, right? Yeah. Okay. And because AOC went on and she basically was like, you know, women are always maligned and, like, I was breaking the fourth wall and, like, you know, mm-hmm. and the Met Gala, like, donates to the thing. And rather than just being, like, as Maureen Dowd said, like, prancing around with people because mm-hmm. you wanted to and, like, wearing the dress because you wanted to... Um, I'm not even going to talk about what the dress looks like because that's sort of beside the point. <laughs> it was horrifying. But... <laughs> okay, I felt the same when I first saw it. I was like, I hate infographic aesthetic world. I can't wait till it's over. Yeah. But then as time went on intuitively, I think it was powerful that she did no, no, that. No, I love the back of the dress. I'm saying, did you have you seen the image of the front? Oh, yes. Let me look again. The front... But, that, but don't you think that photo, I'm just saying really quick, like, if whatever we're in right now yeah. later is called a revolution, yeah. that will be a photo. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. loved the dress. I loved mm-hmm. the message because it really just, to me, I love AOC because she is always on brand. She never mm-hmm. breaks brand. She doesn't break brand. And it's remarkable to watch that um, happen. She's Latina, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's... I loved I loved that aspect of the dress, but the front of the dress yeah, was, it was like, like a, a weird. It was like, like a bla- it looks like a blazer that they then cut open and put like frill at the bottom, and yeah. then like it's off the shoulder. There's some weird like fake pockets. I, it looks like a fashion nova wedding dress, like yes. marketed to like an independent woman who's yes. like I didn't really want to get married, but I did. Yes. Okay. The back of the dress I thought was really cool. Someone said it was Chick Fil A font, and oh. I was like, that's really funny because oh. it is. Yeah. But it's, um, I wasn't <laughs> mad about the tax the rich thing. I think she's just, she's just truly on brand all the time. Like, I, I do follow her and she'll do, like, ask me anything and she'll, she stays on brand with those. Like, she's always like, double masking on the plane. Am I vaccinated? Yes. Do I want, <laughs> yeah. She's very cute. Like, I think she's beautiful. I also just, like, stand with all Latinas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, she does, she's not someone who I, like, engage with. But I just don't like... I don't know. It's just, like, it's obviously going to be imperfect, always. Like, activism, I think the dress, I do think it matters. Like, after seeing it and being like, ew, I hate this aesthetic. Like, I hate this world. (laughs) But then, like, really feeling it. I think it was But it also was so reminiscent. It's very um, on brand with, like, the Y2K circle back because Mm -hmm. that's such a vibe of, like... Statement shirts on the red carpet. Yes. Okay, good point. Like, hello. (laughs) Like, that's what's happening here. This nitro is... (laughs) 
making the neurons Bluestone please sponsor us for the sake Lane, of the pod. did something to our brains that we can't even explain. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you. <laughs> it would be the best, best day. pod moment. No. Yeah. Um, and I will say, the only thing I didn't like was like seeing her talk. Like At one point, someone was interviewing her, and I was just like, I just think it's important for like black and brown girls to like see me here. And I was like, no, it isn't. Like, there's just some stuff she says. Wait, why not, though? How, like, I just, why? Like, to me, that just sounds, like, made up. Like, I'm like, there's one thing to see, like, okay, maybe, like, a dark-skinned girl on the cover of Vogue, because that's, like, a little bit more backed up, but, like, the Met Gala, like, it just felt like That's where I disagree with you, because, like, I find Vogue covers to be so inconsequential, and, like, I never know Mm. what's on the cover, ever. You could put, like, literally my favorite Sesame Street character, and I would have no idea. Like... Mm. But Met Gala is overly recycled into, like, our pop culture through Instagram and, like, everything and becomes mm-hmm. a meme. And it's, like, I feel like, if anything, that's where representation it, Right is now like, is more relevant. Yeah. But it kind of comes down to, like, the script, like, the representation script of, like, you can do anything. And yeah, it you could, could be... do, like, she could rob a bank and be like, I think it's really important <laughs> for, like, black and brown girls robbers. to see me. I'm tired of seeing white cowboys being the face of bank robbery. Literally. No, that's Literally. what I'm, Yeah, you're exactly yeah. that. Like, yeah. it's just, like, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't You can right crouch behind that at any time. Yes. Like, you can do anything. Yeah. Which takes away its value, I think. And also... Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think she just should have stuck with the tax, the rich thing. She should have just been like... And just been like, this is weird and paradoxical. I'm an art piece. Good night. Yeah, and I think... <laughs> Don't talk shit. <laughs> I think... Um, we were talking about this a little bit before the pod, but it's like, what she did was a performance piece. Mm-hmm. And I think expecting anything more than that is like expecting too much and like absolutely being it's it's childish like Mm -hmm. she is a politician like politicians are performers like Mm -hmm. everyone says like politicians shouldn't be celebrities but they've been celebrities like who the fuck was george washington he was a their version of a modern day celebrity he was voted he was created into being a president because people liked him for his like his like neighborhood celebrity politicians were the first celebrities i i believe that and it's like trying to unmarry Mm -hmm. those two concepts while it's like a, a novel, like worthy cause, mm-hmm. isn't gonna isn't possible because mm-hmm. it's there. They've always been the same thing. Like mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette was a celebrity, and if you think of that too, it's like what makes a celebrity is a leader. Mm-hmm. And if the original leaders like were actually like leaders of let's say like tribes and like communities and villages and things like that, it's like those were the celebrities. And then yeah. we have like leaders of art and thought, which is a different type of leader. Yeah. And then we have like leaders of like you know expression which would be like actresses and stuff and it's like yeah what is a celebrity essentially is just a leader in a certain plot but politicians were probably the first which i never even thought about about, if you even think about like shakespeare's plays he immortalized um political figures like caesar he Mm. was he was a celebrity he was also a politician in rome like he that's why people took him down because just like in today's modern cancel culture he didn't live up to the hype Mm-hmm. And they they murdered him, mm-hmm. like uh, Henry VIII. He was uh-huh. a, a king, and then he, Shakespeare turned him into a play, and he's been immortalized as celebrity. Mm-hmm. Now there's a Broadway play coming out about his wives. Like these are people who are rulers, and yet mm-hmm. they were who, especially back in the day when we didn't have like actors of of notoriety and people mm-hmm. who could be known across like the continent or the mm-hmm. globe we had kings and queens who everyone knew about because mm-hmm. that's how like we were able to share information so i 
I just disagree with this idea of like politicians shouldn't be celebrities because like it's such a false it's like who who decided like when did you decide that they were different also like that's it's honestly like a kind of brainless take because it's like do you know what a celebrity is or do you just think like Angelina Jolie TV man right right. <laughs> TV man can't be pedestal yeah. man but yeah. it's like it's so much more complex than that and you're completely right and everyone's like well Donald Trump like broke the thing about celebrities being he didn't it's break like, it that no. would have happened to anybody it's, I mean Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. like Ronald Reagan one of the most horribly influential presidents of our time was a fucking actor first mm-hmm. and that's why he was able to do everything that he did and manipulate people is because he was an actor and like when people campaign for office, they campaign as if they're campaigning, um, like, you know, you campaign for an award show. Mm -hmm. It's, you go up on stage and you speak and, like, Mm -hmm. people get to know you and, like, I just... Yeah, you bring up the hype. Even Biden, like, I'm thinking his whole narrative is, like, I'm I'm a true politician. I'm not a celebrity. And it's, like, that's still his act. Mm -hmm. It's still part of the performance. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. depending on what culture wants. It's, like, culture elected Ronald Reagan at some point with their whole heart. Yeah. Donald Trump was elected. It's like that was a time where like Obama culture... was the most celebrity of all celebrities. Yeah, he was a fucking rock star. Mm-hmm. He still is. Like, and mm-hmm. he just did it in such a way that everyone felt it was earnest. But you know, Shepard Fairey doesn't make posters <laughs> of like, uh, you know, not celebrities. Yeah. Like, what is the definition of celebrity? Because I really think that's what it is. Sometimes we have these talks, and I'm like, why is shit that's so obvious not obvious? Yeah. I just think it's, like, it feels correct to say politicians shouldn't be celebrities. Celebrity, the simple definition in the New Oxford American Dictionary is a famous person. Right. Which is literally all it takes. And then, Paula, look up the definition of politician. And then celebrity is also the state of being Mm well-known. Okay, politician. Because I think the thing that people say is, like, politicians are public servants. But even then, you're serving the public, and then the public (laughs) has to know about you. You it's know. so funny. The two definitions are a person who is professionally involved in politics, especially as a holder of or a candidate for an elected office. I mean, that makes sense in the sense that like you can be an actor and not a famous actor. Mm-hmm. You can be a commercial actor, and then once you get some big role, now you're a celebrity. You know, yeah. it's like industries have their leaders, yeah, and then they have their kind of servers and maintainers. Absolutely. The other definition, which some people are going to just love. A person who acts in a manipulative and devious way, typically Whoa. to gain advancement within an organization. That's like an official definition. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even if you if you make the argument that poli- pol- politicians are supposed to be public servants, mm-hmm. how does the public learn about you? It's through putting yourself on display, mm-hmm. and that naturally comes hand-in-hand hand with a level of celebrity especially yeah. in today's world like it's always been that way but it's not going back now it's also like when people say that like oh we don't need a celebrity in office i'm like are you not self-aware of how you literally fundamentally work you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. like for you to say it's like do you care about like do you have any any intrigue in the invisible politicians like yeah. could you name any of them yeah. or are you just kind of making up this like this lofty concept that you're above something yeah that you're actually truly innately part of (laughs) yeah i mean it's like i think a politician is really just a placeholder for so many other things and and a performance of public serving you know Mm -hmm. and that's i don't know i just think it's all fake (laughs) it really is all fake does it ever just make you feel like you just want it all to just be fully 
released into its performative state. Like, Absolutely. Fuck, like, fuck it, make Kanye president. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, that's it. I don't know if it could happen all at once because I do think things would crumble and mm-hmm. it would be pretty gnarly because like beyond politicians, like there are systems built within it, but I think, I just think everything is so broken mm-hmm. that I would like to see everything change. And I do think things probably just have to crumble. So I don't, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't have the answer for that, how that happens, but like, I don't think there is a way that we rebuild the system that we currently have. So, like, if Kanye has to be president to do that, okay. (laughs) You know, but, like, I don't know. But you know what I mean? Yes, there has to be something that shifts. My parents, like, you guys, my parents just spent 22 hours in the emergency room Mm -hmm. of the county hospital for a broken arm. Like, that's in Los Angeles where there's, like, infrastructure and we Mm -hmm. have so much wealth in the city. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like, how is that acceptable for a country that is so wealthy and like in theory has so much power to like move mountains you absolutely know? yeah apparently quote-unquote we do yeah that's the that's the one thing that i can really like with all like i always get annoyed with stuff but like free health care for me is the most important the most important only, thing only thing that i really can fully free health care and like housing mm-hmm. two things that could be that could be solved mm-hmm. if we were just to put our minds to it you know like if if it was really an earnest fight because that's the thing is like these politicians are not fighting an earnest fight Mm -hmm. in many in most cases yeah definitely i was thinking also about how deep free healthcare goes in the sense that like it's so deep in the actual like college system also where Mm -hmm. it's like they make so much money off of people who are going into the medical field yeah and that feeds into the return of them having a for-profit practice yes and i realized that because in in brazil i always my dad's side of the family like they um have a lot of stake in like hospitals there and Mm -hmm. so i've gotten medical care there and here and i was like why is it so different it's cheaper there it's better it's you get instant treatment you know my aunt who's not wealthy at all had cancer and hearing about her experience it was just how it should be you know you go you get your treatment you're not like struggling with money you get government help it's just like we just want to make you better and it starts with the schooling because although there's like you have to take a certain test and there's you know a certain it is uh it is still like in high stature to be a doctor it's not nearly as expensive it's almost treated like a trade right like hey you could learn the doctor trade and have your practice and you know they do really well they make money but it's not this crazy like wealth path you know right 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 you know there aren't people being like you should be a doctor because that's the only way you make money it's like this it's very dignified and respected yeah beyond that um and it's not for profit entirely yeah so when i think of that i'm like that's how deep it goes it's like it's not just hey guys here's some money for free health care it's yeah. like well then what happens to the college system and what we've been telling people and what they need to do to be successful and give us more money in this institution and this institution you yeah know? and people spend like 10 years of their <sighs> lives in medical school and like then they do their residency and mm-hmm. spend years of their life like sleepless and thinking they have diseases because you like <laughs> inherit like the mental capacity as dog it's like it's so the trauma that people go through to like become doctors is like yeah. so antithetical to healing people yeah that's a good point Damn. Yeah, it just goes really deep. Yeah. Hmm. It goes beyond the the slogan. Mm. It always will. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and if AOC stress can solve that, then I just see go for it. Babe. I just really hope that that photo becomes 
more than a present day meme, but like it's yeah. like black and white, and like I just hope it matters. I, I hope think, that I think it taxing will. the rich like becomes a thing, and then they're like, oh my god, yeah, here were the first sights of she that. She actually, happening. she actually was on the right track, and people gave her shit for it. Yeah. Um, and like, okay, we we kind of trailed off of the woman thing. Right. But I saw this thing. I remember, especially in like the height of like BLM discourse last year. People were saying, like, why are you guys so infighting about everything when white supremacy and capitalism was built, like, without perfection? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a system that was just, like, kind of rambled forward and, like, found its way with just a bunch of people agreeing on it. Yeah. And, like, why are a bunch of people who are on the same side constantly nitpicking each other and being like, AOC, you wear the dress, but why were you there? And why did you say this? And, like, AOC, like you're perfect in every other way, but then you said this one thing and we don't Mm -hmm. trust you. And it's like, she's very clearly like paving her way. And like, is it crazy to just say, Hey, trust the people who are actually really trying and out there. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Trust. (laughs) Can we get a definition please? (laughs) Yeah. Even if it's just an energetic allegiance to. I do. That vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think what you're saying about like, capitalism not being formed um through a lot of infighting and like perfectionism is is very very interesting and and yeah it's Mm -hmm. like rome wasn't built in a day and like trying (laughs) but trying to build like i think the accountability that is online can just lead to more stops than starts absolutely because if aoc does this thing and then she gets knocked down and then she just wants to just fucking quit Mm -hmm. like she said multiple times, like, hey, I often think about not running for office again. Dude. Yeah. Do you remember when we went to that ACLU meeting? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was such an embodiment yeah. of that. Okay, so yeah. was it right after Trump got elected? Yes. So Trump got elected, right? And this is when James and I... It was just very affecting for everyone. And we saw a meeting, and it was the ACLU. Yeah, believe it or not, we didn't like that. Believe <laughs> <laughs> it or not, I cried. <laughs> yeah, believe cried it or not, time. a lot of people were so sad. Yeah, it was especially in Los Angeles. Yeah. But there was an emergency meeting at yeah. a huge auditorium at UCLA by the ACLU, which I think is one of the few institutions that I think really gets shit done. Like, oh, yeah. They'll literally, like, reverse abortion bans. I really respect them. Um and so they had a thing and it was like there was a board it was like people from the ACLU and then people from Planned Parenthood and it was just like this thing and I was like yeah. we're about to get the tea and then yeah. we go there and a they lot also of... were all right when you think about it what do you mean everything that they were talking about possibly happening ha- has happened with like reversing Roe versus Wade like it's all mm-hmm. happening because of the Trump era like it's actually trippy to think about now but, but basically go. part of what the the talk was was like what are we going to do for like women's like health care and women's mm-hmm. rights with um, abortion and whatever and like that's what happened like, yeah the, it became a fight yeah um it escalated in a way that like but the thing the theme of the meeting was to unite the left right, right? they were like right. what's wrong like why did this happen yeah and the main thing he said was he was like the right has a slogan yeah which is literally just like what is it at the time it was like keep america great or like yeah. stick to traditional values yeah and they can all agree on that together yeah and they don't fight about it they yeah. just say oh you're one of me sick yeah they don't know the details of your life they don't know if you're yeah. shopping from amazon or like using a straw or like they're right. just like oh you're one of me okay done yeah and then the left doesn't have that luxury yeah the left doesn't have a slogan doesn't have a shared sentiment but we do right and we act like we don't you know yeah absolutely and i think part of it is the perfectionism the, the moral perfectionism that reigns supreme mm-hmm. across like the left leaning side of America. Okay, you know? but the funniest okay, the funniest thing about that meeting 
it is, after it is, all that. It's an embodiment, yeah. Well, it was Q&A time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing. Well, it was like they said all that and we're all like agreeing and it just feels kind of hopeless in a way, I will say, of him just being like the infighting dude. Yeah. This was what, six, five years ago? Four it was, years it was, ago? Yeah, it was, it was 2016. <sighs> and then they're like Q&A time. Yeah. And then there's just like all kinds of people <laughs> <laughs> line up on the sides of the, on, of the, the stage. Just all types. <laughs> Don't know where they came from. And they're just saying whack, wacky ass shit into the microphone. Like, somebody was like, what do we do about this? And, and like, yelling. like, yellow pieces of graph paper that he had, like, written his statement out and just, like, throw... Do you remember that? He was, like, throwing them behind him when he, like, left. Oh, my God. That was so intense. He had, like, maps. I mean, but it he just was... felt like everyone was airing their grievances. Yeah. I feel like we probably had, like, 9-11 truthers there. Like, it was like, no one, like... What if the left is just, like, chaotic therapy? <laughs> But it was, like, such an embodiment of the fact that all these people who are, like, self-proclaimed, like, leftists who want to change the world were just, like, in there, like, yelling and, like, being yeah. weird. And I was like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really easy to, like, agree on universal health care, uh, rights for all, and, like, housing. Cultural abundance? Yeah. Like, like, I think, I was thinking, I was like, what would be my slogan? And it's like the fact that, like, like, everyone's cool. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah. Like, trans people are cool. Gay people are cool. Black yeah. people are cool. Like, yeah, you should yeah, just yeah. be like, everyone's cool, yeah. and we should treat everyone like they're cool. Yeah. I, I love that. You know? Instead of being like, okay, I don't know. It's just... Well, this is also my thing, is I feel like if we were just to be... Like, this is the thing that was so empowering about Bernie Sanders, is he was like, I'm actually not a Democrat, I'm a socialist. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, oh, wait, because Democratness whatever this mm-hmm. capitalism isn't working mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like and then everyone got scared and then whatever <laughs> but it was kind of like it was this fresh take of like oh wait like you mean we can actually color outside the lines of this mm-hmm. system and like if the left were to just be honest like we want to be socialists like for yeah. the most part like the socialist system is what the left is working towards and mm-hmm. if we just could be like a little bit more upfront about also, that i just want to make it clear i don't think that saying everyone's cool will save the world that's not what i mean but what i mean that on an essence level of <laughs> no what a political party needs yeah on an essence level a political party that's full of people who don't have the know-how don't have the willingness to actually do the things that the politicians are doing but just yeah. to be on the right side energetically and like aesthetically and yeah. everything that's what they need yeah because the right slogan, like I said, these people don't know how anything works. They don't know anything about the taxes. They don't understand that literally the party they're voting for is undermining them. Because a lot of yeah. Republicans are like rural, poor people. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. Because they're attached to the story. Yeah. Just like the Chateau yeah. and the Met Gala. Which and often, it's also sad because it's like the story that they're attached to is rooted in racism. Which, there's no shaking them from that. But, mm-hmm. but, but most people aren't even aware of that. You know? The myth that like right people are like fully racist and aware of the racism is not true no i'm not saying that yeah. i'm just saying like the values that they were, were raised with yes. are like racist values that are just sort of embedded but like mm-hmm. so like saying everything's cool is like the opposite everybody's cool is the opposite of, of racism yeah totally because it's acceptance and like everyone deserves equal human rights and it and comes like, out of a place of pleasure mm-hmm. it's like everyone's cool let's let's just enjoy everyone <laughs> everyone's and, like, let them hot express themselves. <laughs> everyone's hot everyone's sexy the more we let everyone be everyone's the smarter better. and that's true you know what i mean yeah why is la so great it's a, such a diverse city you mm-hmm. get to experience so many different energies different foods different yeah. people the best cities are the most diverse absolutely and if we just say that we're like so diversity is great and let's just support everyone yeah and i wish that was the all-reaching truth and that we could all attach to that on an essence level and we all aren't make everybody cool again (laughs) make everyone cool (laughs) yeah except that everyone's cool again 
Um, and like even me saying that, you know, I could see someone being taken out of context and being like, "That's not going to save the, the this, yeah. and this." And it's like that's not the point. The point is that access people where their brains are actually at, which right. is a day to day existence of needing to be in a condition of that acceptance and that positivity and that vision for yeah. the world. Yeah, that it vision. Has, it has to be a fantasy. Yeah. A fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know? it has to be an easy, quick story, especially with, like, social media today where mm-hmm. everything's, like, an eight-second, um, what was I saying? No. <laughs> an eight-second attention span. You know what I mean? <laughs> Great joke. <Dad. laughs> Thanks, son. Um, All these bitches show me your sons. report card. <laughs> Embodying a father. Um, but, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, we all just need a, a quick slogan. And that's why Make yeah. America Great Again was so po- powerful because everyone was like, oh, of course. And it's po- it seems positive. Yeah, you don't have to do anything after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to stick to the traditions? Sick. Done. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. But just feel it. Yeah. And focus on your celebrity, your po- politician celebrity that you yeah. decided is cool. Your big boy. <laughs> your big guy. Big boy. <laughs> big man in the house. <laughs> what if Donald Trump's name wasn't Donald Trump, but big boy? <laughs> That'd be too kind, James. Sorry. That would erase his presidency as a toxic. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Whatever. I I just think people need to access the world a little bit more honestly, you know, and be like, yeah, we are kind of a bunch of little idiots that love our stories and love our celebrities, so let's just kind of... Everyone operates on a surface level, especially when you're on the internet, Mm -hmm. but then when someone does something wrong everyone attacks from yeah. like from below yeah, everyone like, like scoops up the dirt and just yeah. is like and then the roots were started in the garden and absolutely like, and it's not fair because then like AOC turns around and she's like but I the dress like it's like <laughs> the image you know you guys yeah. act on image and it's true and it will be true yeah it just feels like a daily runoff that can be avoided you know and just so you guys know like just so that we all know like we totally support taxing the rich Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe in taxing the rich. I believe in free healthcare. I believe in basically, okay, this is what I believe in, is that there can be a unification between a perfect amount of community and individualism when community provides for all of your basic needs that are physical. So that means food, water, housing. And I know people always say, oh, if you give people a house or whatever, like, they're not gonna work or whatever. And I'm like, not true. that's not true. Because if you give people basic living arrangements, the ego always wants more. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the ego's going to say, hey, this this space works for, you know, me and my kid, but mm-hmm. now we want <laughs> five kids, and yeah. I want a swimming pool, and, like, all this crazy shit, and, like, the ego is hungry, and I just think as long as you have community resources on a base level where you're not dying and, like, lacking resources that stress you out and ruin your life, it's like, then individualism can shine through self-expression and art. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's like... That's what I think. I don't even know if that is even accurate. Well, that's... I mean, that's basically, like, I think the tenet of socialism is, like, supporting people through programs that Mm -hmm. allow them to, like, thrive more and live just, like, better qualities of life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean that people, like, Elon Musk can't exist and figure out space and do crazy things like that. I don't think that's what it means. Not at all. I think it just means organizing it a little better. Also, like, a lot of countries that have better um, government systems fund art like there's a lot of like mm. uh chris has talked about like a lot of like european countries fund films oh, and totally, like yeah. so you can actually make more exploratory films because you don't have to find a fucking like backer yeah jodorowsky says, like, talked about that yeah that's so, how he made his movies yeah so 
So basically, it's really easy. And like, if you guys would just listen, if you guys would just elect <laughs> us to be, that'd be crazy if we could be. Dual, the vision is dual easy, presidency, but getting there is is not. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I like mean, I think yeah. I'm pretty sure we all agree that's what, what people want. And also, why well, are people attached to, like, old stuff? Like, everyone's like, communism. And it's like, dude, why can't we just make something new? Right. Um, I feel like that's just a way to sound smart. Well, it's a story. It's another story. Another story, yeah. That's like, I read a book. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw a really funny TikTok <laughs> that was, like, a photo of... It, it was just, like, a statement. And it said, like, the communist... Oh, the commune... The commune's reaction when they need someone to work in the mines and they say we don't need a twitter dj because <laughs> most like oh, activists yeah. and like communists yes. are like kind of like yes. freelance artists yes. and shit like that so fucking funny that's so <laughs> like, funny. it's time to like work in the mine yeah that's <laughs> so funny not at the party well i think this also goes back to our ai um conversation and if you guys listen to the podcast with the open ai um, CEO or whatever, mm-hmm. he talks about how finding a way for like human dignity to continue on after mm-hmm. like AI has taken jobs like even doctors like how how mm-hmm. would you like find human dignity? And I I've actually I listened to the interview again with Chris and like I think he's a little bit too bubbly because he keeps talking about he's like we don't have to worry about wealth distribution and it's like babe <laughs> babe like he's like we need to figure out how to talk to politicians about colonizing the moon and he's a little like we in should have him on the pod i know we should get him back um be like say some lofty shit yeah can you talk can you talk to us again um but we just want to relax but something he talks about is like finding a way to allow people to still have human dignity through like doing something with their lives essentially which is mm-hmm. he's saying the same thing as people who are saying like give people universal basic income mm-hmm. um there will always be the desire to go up the hierarchy of needs into self-actualization just because mm-hmm. you have your survival needs met mm-hmm. it's like maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. it's you're always going to want to actualize but you know it's always an for everyone across the board and has never changed on the hierarchy of actualization has always been romantic love mm-hmm. yeah love is there love Just is up there pump up the public with romantic love yeah give them a house yeah sexy fun times <laughs> But you know, like, actualization, like, yeah. I think of it because of just how I am and I know how you are is, like, we're into art and we, like, make things. Yeah. But it's, like, the average person, like, f- feels, and I feel actualization from love. Yeah. And relationships and friendships. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's not that complex. Yeah. You know, we're not going to get, like, a, a class of, like, freaky artists with a house. You know, there's so much more. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... So everyone buy my book because I actually talk about the Maslow. <laughs> I love no. the structure of your book. I have yeah. to say, because that's one of those. I love an anchor like that. It is truly like I just Nothing think everything like comes back down to to that to that little pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, gets a tattoo for the first time in my life. I want to make mine white. Your tattoo. Yeah, I like messaged my old friend. Um. And I was like, can you put white ink over black ink? Oh, shit. And he was like, yeah, oh, you're being serious. Sessions. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe like a hat. That's so cool. Yeah. It just like, do I even care that much? Because it would be like multiple yeah. sessions and yeah. I have to like wait for it to heal, which, you know, from laser hair removal, it was such a drag. Yeah. It would be um, pretty sick though. Yeah. White tattoo. Love that. It would just blend in. I wouldn't yeah. have to remove it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I want to, but. Right in here. Um, 
I had I had an urge when I was at the lake, and I was just like, I think I'll just get a tattoo. That now. is. Did you tell me that? No. I had a dream and got matching tattoos. What? Yeah. <gasps> Straight up. That's I wild. Did. And I, I it was like such a detailed dream where I was like, I remember having in the dreaming like, ugh, like I'm not a tattoo person. Like, am I gonna like regret this? And it was on our feet. Whoa. And I was like, well, no, because it's James. Yeah. And it's on our feet. <laughs> That's. It's funny because I feel like feet are so personal and like specific. Like, such a repeat customer, you know? I know, we don't <laughs> see them. Like, it was kind of... Yeah. I remember I was putting mine kind of behind my ankle bone, sort of. That would be fun. I just, like, all my tattoos are in this, like, weird cluster. <laughs> my leg. <laughs> like, I just wanted to have That's it. the same thing, you know, like, Hoarding. I always miss a, a spot when I shave. Yeah. So there's, like, long black hair. <laughs> that would be places. my tattoo area. Yeah. That'd be fun. I wonder what we would get. IP. Insane clown posse. <laughs> IP. No, I was thinking IP intellectual pod. And then, I, and then I wanted to say ICP. Um, IP stands for, yeah, intellectual property. IP address. IP address. That's kind of sick. Illusion pod, intellectual property. Like, we are in intellectual yeah. property. Yeah. <laughs> I think technically this is, right? <laughs> I'm not even sure what intellectual property is, but I'm pretty sure that this would be it. Well, it's, like, stuff that could be copyrighted, right? Uh-huh. So the fact that we've said a lotion pot already, like, we technically already own it. Mm. So take that. Take that. Capitalism. Copycats. Just kidding. Did you see the, the thing? Uh, I don't want to get into it. Never mind. No, please. Uh, that just the peg of the patriarchy thing is actually a trademark. Oh. Oh, I saw that whole thing. Oh, we yeah. can talk about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. That's, like, I, that's all I have left in me, though. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I'm losing my shit. Yeah. No, um, I will say. Yeah. Tilly Lawless on Instagram, one of my mm-hmm. favorite follows. It's an Australian person who works in a brothel in Australia, which mm-hmm. is also very eye-opening because I have to say, you know, in the world of campaigns and everyone being like, I'm a sex worker, like on OnlyFans, it's like, yeah. this is an actual sex worker who's like yeah. taking real dicks. And like, that's hard, you know? Totally. It's, <laughs> it's physical labor. So I really kind of just trust their opinion <laughs> yeah. more than, you know, the average... Um, lingerie prancer but um (laughs) really wonderful so (laughs) i follow them and i wasn't really aware of the peg the patriarchy i think i just saw it in passing i was like okay great and then they wrote a really great thing in their story about how peg the patriarchy doesn't really mean anything and in fact it kind of switches on itself because it basically says pegging is like a negative crazy thing when it's really like a dominant part of a lot of people's sex acts. Yeah. Especially like gay men. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh no, pegging is when you put the thing on. Never mind. Yeah. But just taking up the ass in general. Yeah. Is like not only that, it goes back to like Roman times. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Like it's not that insane and it's almost like fucked up to say. It's also so puritanical because it's, yeah. it's like sodomy. And it's yeah. like bitch, like why are we going back to that? Yeah, so it sounds like it's saying fuck the patriarchy like yeah. in the ass because getting fucked in the ass is crazy. Yeah, and so yeah, they yeah. so Tilly basically Because was like, when you fuck a man in the ass, it's uh oh <laughs> like, like it's a switch of power. Yeah. And Tilly said it great. He said it's just another sex act. Yeah. And that's exactly how I always feel, especially with you know, when people are acting like BDSM, like all these things are like subversive and, and subversive and feminist or like using a vibrator. And I'm like, no, it's just part of the whole fucking yeah. sex world. And I'm yeah. I'm really tired of it being like feminized and politicized it's like please don't politicize my sex please totally for fucking god yeah leave it alone um yeah and so like pegging it's like yeah. yeah some people like it some people don't and also the other fact of it is that the people pegging is a source of pleasure i know so you're saying like give pleasure to the patriarchy this yeah. is all tilly's words that brought me to this realization and it just doesn't work <laughs> yeah at the end of the day yeah <laughs> um it's it's a very 
it's just one of those things where it's like, how did the slogan pass the test and get put on like a Met Gala? Um, light, it looks like a life jacket to like the thing that it was on. I was like, bro. Or like a, what is it when you're restrained at like a mental hospital? Oh, yes. It had like that A straight jacket. Yeah. It did have a straight jacket energy. It looked like, or like a video game like person with a gun. Yeah. Like, I'm stomping. Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, infographic brain. Very much so. And that one I think was infographic brain. And I think Tax the Rich is part infographic game, but it's, like, backed by the fact that it's, like, on AOC who's actually trying to do that. Yes. But, like, ugh, like, infographic brain says, like, peg the patriarchy and, like, wear a pink hat. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so bizarre. I saw that and I was just, like, immediately I was, like, <laughs> But it's, like, if I can think that, how can, yeah. like, this pass through, like, a league of designers and, like, mm-hmm. managers and it still goes on the body of, like, a supermodel or whatever. Peg the patriarchy. Peg. Peg. I, I was know, just thinking if I like, could peg someone. I yeah. I totally would try it. <laughs> like absolutely, I would try anything. Yeah. I just haven't had some. I had one person want to, but it was like we weren't really. After like a couple times with them, I was like, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> but I that was the first person who voiced to me, yeah. which I loved because I was like, oh, you think I could do it? Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I have that dominant. Um, I would definitely try it, but I just like really enjoy the one being sure. Yeah. <laughs> penetrated <laughs> i know I th- i'm trying to think if i would go for it i feel like i would just end up laughing too much because i'm just like not a dominant person in general and it yeah. would be like it would just be too funny for me to be doing it i think i'm a very dominant person yeah. especially romantically and it would annoy me that i had to have more dominance sure like yeah. you know how they say like usually if you're very dominant in other ways like in your personality or in your career or sexually you want to be submissive and mm-hmm. i think for me that's really true yeah and i would just be like really like I already think you're a fucking baby everywhere yeah, yeah, else. Yeah, like, yeah, now yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. do that. Totally. But I would, I would try it. I would try it three times over just to see. <laughs> just to see what it's like. What if it's great? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe in a submissive time in my life where everything yeah. goes, shit hits the fan and I just need to peg someone. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> You'll put out the bat call and be like, this is my time. <laughs> just like, I need this self-expression right now. I know. I always think of the Broad City episode where Abby, like, ends up pegging the guy. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, she's, like, dying to do it. Which I loved the... Yeah. See, they did that well. They wasn't feminist. It was just them being sexually explorative. Yeah, he was like, can you do this? And she was like, yeah, I guess I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I really... I just... uh, It's just such a miss. Such a miss. It's such a miss. Such a miss. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Peg the Patriot. Also, this funny... The funny thing is that she's British, so it's sort of just, like... Stop, stop talking about her fucking politics. Like, I should have said Peggy. <laughs> Peggy, stick, cut the pig. <laughs> Peach pie, sir. <laughs> you know who I was listening to the other day? It was Joanna Newsom. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, because she married Andy Samberg. She did. And she, like, stopped... Recording albums after 2015. I think, you know, last time I looked for her music, which was kind of a while ago, it wasn't on Spotify, and I read that she's like... Oh, it's it's on there. Now it's, it's on Apple Music. But there was a time where it wasn't. I'm just it's definitely it was on, on Apple, Apple music. music. Maybe yeah. it's not on Spotify. That's maybe. interesting. Let me check right now. Because I remember checking a while ago and being like, you know what, Joanna, I get it, but like you're kind of losing me as a fan, because I can't find you. Okay, she is there now. It's like how Taylor Swift wasn't on Spotify. Yeah. And um, Beyonce, right? Beyonce. No, her music's not on here. The only thing she has on here is the Muppet Show theme. <laughs> Yes, her music's not on there. That's wild. Come on, Joanna. I wonder why she decided to do Apple. Muppet Show theme. I listen to this too. Okay. Because <laughs> I was watching up too now. 
Chris was like, it was like early in the morning. Chris was like so tolerant of me playing like Peach Plum Play. Okay, let's play some Peach Plum Should we end with Peach Plum Play? Any yeah. final thoughts? Um, uh, uh, pegs are for pirates? No. No, no. <laughs> what is. <laughs> no, that's wrong too. <laughs> Uh, my, my, my mom texted me and said pirate um, because it like it like avoids the Peg sex leg. act <laughs> that's where your mind went which is a little peach plum pear no it's not I'm saying like I'm saying like instead <laughs> of using not. pegs to I'm peg I'm pretending I'm being infographic you know what my legs so that the viewers so don't it's have really to. hard for me to function yeah. <laughs> Joey's sleeping on Joey's sleep as, as a mother, you know, mothers always get... Okay, Peach Plum Pear by Joanna Newsom, who was one of the... Oh my god, this song is three, three, three minutes long. Oops. Wow. It takes a long time to get to the part which where she sings. Okay, I'll yeah. just get there. This was one of those songs, um, one of the first kind of indie artists to do that thing where, like, their voice is kind of like a screaming baby, in line with Coco Rosie, Fever Ray, um, The Knife love those people you yeah. know i was you know i played coco rosie for someone who's super like industry pop star uh-huh. vibes and they were like sounds like lord and i was like wow <gasps> lord was probably influenced by that wow lord sings like coco rosie but in a more palpable way yeah palpable. i love saying palpable it's kind of new to me palpable is sick <laughs> it just flows it's like tangible palpable. but palpable. a lot of lip pop up <laughs> It's late in the day, and you're well on your way. I can't believe I remember this. I know. Beautiful song. It's so cute. What a queen. was written to be <laughs> I was writing it back when it used to ride me Pegging. and we were galloping <laughs> Joanna knew some talking about pegging in her Peach from Paris song Free Between the Lines people <laughs> Maybe I cut up for it. Does she ever say Peach Plum Player? She does. It's so late in it. You guys are in this with us. Sorry. I'm having a spiritual experience. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> it's like the song's waking up Joey. Oh, here we go. Oh, no. She's putting us to bed. We're getting here. We're yeah. getting here. She's tucking us in after yeah. her tantrum. Closing the curtains. Yeah. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Yeah, I'm lucky feeling this harder than I than I am. She said, "Why run from the storm?" Or why from yes, my dad. Yeah.
my god, imagine. Uh, times like these, I wish I was a DJ. Because imagine if like, you do it, like, you put like Peach Fun Player and yeah. then drop a song. Oh, so good, so good. <laughs> I think that's where the drop happens. I know. Like uh, the bass under that harpsichord thing. God, if, also, you guys, so Andy Samberg was a super fan of hers. <sighs> went to a show of hers, introduced mm. himself. They met in like 2008 and married in 2013. So they dated for like five years or oh something like that. And it's just such a sweet thing because you think of Andy Samberg as like this joke master Flash, totally. and he had this soft spot for this weird ass folk artist. Herb, yeah, I love and it. And then he oh. like I don't know he's had like Brooklyn Nine Nine for so long as a show. He's probably totally got on money, yeah. and he's like, babe, like let's have a kid together, and you can like yeah, just do what you, you gotta do. Uh-huh. Like I don't know, I just love that. No, it's so good. It's a little traditional too, but I dig it. It's traditional, but she also <laughs> had a huge like long standing career. Like no, absolutely, she'd been going since two thousand at and least. And he's cool, let's super fuck. cool, funny, super cool. And she has narrated. Laughter. She's narrated. Um, Inherent Vice or something like Chris was talking about her her like narration career I don't know like it's good it's good people's lives (laughs) I just think a lot about how like folk artists it's like what do you do at a certain point and like totally totally Also, being a folk artist, she like, oh, folk artist, folk artist. <laughs> she kind of attracted that vibration of like the folk artist gets like chose yeah. by a guy and then like just gets to spit on her loom. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. She figured it out. Um, I guess we're done. I'm having I think so much fun. Yeah, I think that's it though. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the fun we get to have today. Portion of Illusion Pod. <laughs> Thanks for blacking out with us. Yeah. Just blacked out, just woke up. Yeah. Hope you had Damn. a nice time. We did too. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep moving, keep, keep going, going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep going.